dude it's fucking hilarious to me because it's like because i because i do have this twitter account and i and i i see like how often like spider-man is trending and, and it's like people freaking out about a thing and i'm just like oh, no. I, I i wish i could just like be able to speak to everyone and say like I how did really, this take off because you you are I recommend that you chill like like listen i can't speak for anything else apart from myself sure like like they might be doing something <laughs> but then ain't none like i ain't i got a call so like do you ever play the game werewolf or mafia and i think it's kind of similar where it's like you're convincing everyone that you're not in the mafia right <laughs> like i feel like i'm in a game of fucking werewolf or mafia where i'm like i'm the werewolf i promise you i am the werewolf and everyone's like you're the werewolf you're the fucking werewolf look at him he's like he's doing he's for, like, like, okay so for the record my friend on a stack of whatever you have there you are not as of this taping in or have any knowledge of being in the next spider-man movie i feel like like i feel i feel like i, I like haven't i just said that <laughs> I just you have said I, just, that. I just want to get really clear i want this is this the unequivocal yes no answer i didn't get a call Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a very special, highly anticipated episode of Every Marvel Movie Ever. I'm your host, Gabe Thomas. With me, as always, is your co-host, Francisco Apollo. And today, we are talking about potentially the most anticipated movie ever? (laughs) At least of this year, or whenever this movie was announced. Yes. Okay. Well, well, we'll get we'll get further into uh, spoilers. By the way, just right away. I just I don't even want to waste time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, spoilers. If you haven't seen this movie and you want to see this movie, why are you here? Uh, leave, please. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I feel I feel very un- unprepared. I also feel very watched because I know my entire family is just around the house right now, and uh, so I feel I feel very very strange right now um but hopefully this has given everybody enough time to go see the movie and it's given me enough time to see it multiple times i've I've seen it twice now and i still feel thoroughly unprepared to talk about this because it is even bigger than i kind of thought it would be (laughs) like i didn't expect (laughs) did you would you say this met or exceeded or or underperformed in terms of your expectations for things happening? Um, I would say a lot of the things that did happen, I kind of guessed that they would happen, but I feel like it still exceeded my expectations. There were a lot of things that I thought, there were a lot, I think I had a lot of wishful thinking where I was like, oh, this would be great if it happened but I don't know if I was ever actually convinced that any of that stuff would happen because it just seemed too like surreal to actually be in a film that was released but every single thing was in a film that was released and (laughs) it was all it all was a lot more than I had expected and better than I had expected and I was really worried about seeing it a second time because I thought it would kind of wear off since I know it was happening. But I, th- I think I might have liked it even more, like, as a Spider-Man movie. Um, I don't know. I think this rules. I think, <laughs> I think it's pretty great. And I think people, even people who hate Spider-Man in these movies feel the same way, which is 
a very good sign. Yeah, I, I feel like I would honestly be shocked if there was anybody that was, like, disappointed by this movie. It gave you way more than you could could even ask for. Uh, I don't know what else they could have put in this movie to make people that didn't like it happy. Like, if you don't like it, then that's just unfortunate for you. (laughs) If you don't like it, I don't think you actually like (laughs) Spider-Man. I think you're just an asshole. Uh, Yeah, um, because... People talking about MCU Spider-Man is my least favorite thing in the world. I think people I like become total idiots when they talk about Spider-Man in the MCU. I think a lot of people have had like an idea of what Spider-Man sh- should be that's based off of nothing that exists. Like they have this like <laughs> fantastical idea of what he's like and he's just not ever actually like that. Um, he's and really so- required to be poor at all times. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that. to be happy. But well, yeah, but I think that people have just like developed this this fantastical idea of how Spider-Man is always portrayed, and that there's one way to portray Spider-Man, and that's always driven me crazy. As somebody who 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 loves this character so much, I feel like people getting mad that he sometimes has access to some money and yeah. <laughs> focusing one hundred percent is we'll completely forget that Spider-Man is like a character that has like hundreds and hundreds of canon versions of itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I will say that when you're distilling, cause I mean, this is an exception to the rule, obviously, but usually in a movie, that's like the one version of the character. And so you should get the one version that everybody's going to see as accurate as you can. But also we've seen a bunch of Spider-Men who are sad and poor, so it never bothered me too much that this Spider-Man wasn't sad and poor. Because everybody watching these movies is already sad and poor, and I know it's a relatability thing, but can't I have a little bit of fantastical realism sometimes? There's thousands and thousands of comics where Spider-Man is sad and poor. And I I, I love sad, poor Spider-Man, and it is more relatable, but I think the fact that 95% of audiences focus like all of their complaints on he's kind of like iron man is the laziest thing in the entire world and i'm glad that we've developed a movie that will make everybody shut the fuck up forever is really my favorite thing about (laughs) no way home on top of everything else is i don't have to defend this spider-man anymore because he's poor now so everybody could just calm down and that's ultimately what i wanted was a movie that would make everybody calm down so that's my rant about Spider-Man fans <laughs> or, or yeah. people who hate Spider-Man in the MCU because they, they've imagined a Spider-Man that isn't like a thing that exists. Another thing that I don't even get about that argument is like, how is he rich other than the suit? Like it, Peter yeah. Parker is still very poor. <laughs> and I guess you could say the glasses, but it's like he still lives in like a pretty shitty apartment with his aunt and he doesn't like like he doesn't really have that many benefits rich (laughs) he had access to some drones one time (laughs) that's like he has he has some gadgets but that doesn't make him like privileged and spoiled and you can't relate to him like he is infinitely more relatable as a teenage character than any of the other spider-men were on screen like i don't i don't see myself reflected neither of those fucking guys just because they're poor like i see tom as a much more grounded representation of how a human being acts not like a cartoon character 
because Toby, I love him, but he is a fucking cartoon. And Andrew is, I, I love him even more. He's my fave, but I don't really see myself in him. Like, that's not really the appeal of him for me. So at least Tom is like a normal person. <laughs> and if you're still listening and you haven't seen the movie, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get all the shit that you want to know out of the way. Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in this movie. They're in it a lot. Matt Murdock's in this movie. Everybody's in this movie. Okay, so get the fuck out of here. Venom is a, so please leave. <laughs> Please leave. You should not be here. Okay, I've effectively ruined the film for you. Tony yeah, McGuire gets stabbed here from this is to be spoiled. <laughs> if that's why you're here, there you go. There's all the shit you want to know. Okay, everybody's in it. Everybody's in it. Tony McGuire gets stabbed. Aunt May dies. Okay, there you go. I fucking told you. Peter Parker is poor at the end. <sighs> Look, I'm probably being too pessimistic because this movie. I think it's great. <laughs> I think everything it does is really great. Um, but I, I just wanted to get that meta contextual element out of the way. Because when you talk about MCU Spider-Man, it's a fucking debate to see who knows the most about if Spider-Man is poor in comic books. <laughs> uh, so, so I wanted to get that out there. But this movie, it starts... Something I've been thinking about, too, is this is a great sequel to all of the Spider-Man movies that have come before like in every timeline. This is a great sequel to, to the Maguire movies, to the Garfield movies, and to the Holland movies. I think it's a it's an amazing Spider-Man 3 for two out of three of the Spider-Men somehow. Uh, and a great Spider-Man 4 for one of them. But I just, I, I, this is how you end a Spider-Man trilogy. Like this is what Toby didn't get in 2007, I think. Spider-Man 3 is fun, but it's not a good ending to those movies. Not at all i don't think yeah. anybody would say that's a good way to, to end toby mcguire's spider-man no there's no closure but i also think it's so interesting that this entire a lot of this movie has been built around a real world mystery of are these two guys in this movie and fucking props to sony and disney these horrible exploitive child slave owning companies complete props to these guys because they they hid this shit pretty fucking well all things considered because it's not like there's one scene that you could leak there's like 20 so it's pretty impressive that none of the shit really got out there in that big a way other than that one andrew clip there which was is like nothing there's like two or three leaks <laughs> yeah but but not of it could have been way worse like there's just so much stuff in this that i am amazed they were able to keep mostly quiet like people speculated stuff but I didn't see like any of this stuff. And I went on social media blackout, a social media blackout that I hope continues for the rest of my life. Um, but where, so I didn't see any anything, but, but still like the fact that they didn't put any hints in any of the trailers, right? Like you could have sold this movie off the fact that all these guys are in this movie, but I love that they sold this movie off the idea that maybe these guys are in this movie. Because <laughs> that made it way more fun. I feel like, uh, it would have been more interesting uh, as the movie was coming out. I think it was Tom Holland. Uh, he was talking about that this movie was almost advertised as just a Doctor Strange versus Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Which would have been really weird and interesting for it to be marketed like that, especially with how the movie turned out to be. I, I, I am so angry that we don't live in a world where that's what happened. <laughs> Yeah, we almost got a, a, a Spider-Man and Doctor Strange Civil War movie. <laughs> yeah, well, 
like uh, but imagine this movie exactly as it is but there's not a second of multiverse stuff in the trailers there's no hints that anything's gonna happen it's just oh this is spider-man doctor strange and then it's this fucking movie do you think that this movie would have had as much hype around it if that was how the trailers were oh i mean no but but i don't i think it would have been way I mean, it was it was so exciting, but I think it would have been even more exciting going in the second that because Doc Ock shows up at like the 30 minute mark and then it doesn't stop. So I think I think uh, I don't know if it would have done as well, but I think that the second people figured out that this is a hidden multiverse movie that then everyone would have gone to see it probably. But I understand why you would you would do it the way they did it it's insane not to but still i would love to live in that reality that's the multiverse i want to live in <laughs> this this film starts right off the bat exactly where far from home ends everybody knows that peter parker spider-man everyone thinks that he killed mysterio and he has to deal with that there's like a i mean the scene where he's like getting away in new, in new york is great but i love that like one take scene where he's in the apartment and he's with MJ and Happy and May and everything's going on. Happy and May have just broken up and he's trying to close all the windows so the paparazzi don't get to him and all that stuff. Like I think that whole scene is is fantastic. This right off the bat, this movie gives like an insanely chaotic vibe, considering that's like the first scene of the movie after they're yeah. escaping from everybody. Uh, this movie's like nonstop. <laughs> it it really is, and I I kind of figured it would be, but I don't think I realized. Like I didn't think that the multiverse stuff. I knew it would be the main plot, but I don't think I considered that that would literally be like all of the movie. That we would get like two and a half hours, or at least two hours of nothing but characters from past movies, and it would be great. I did yeah, not consider the that. entire movie being like <laughs> centralized around that. Yeah, but but it's worth it. And the thing, it's kind of like Civil War, where when Civil War came out, people were like, this isn't a Captain America movie, this is an Avengers movie. But this is still like a great sequel to the other two Spider-Man movies on top of all, all the crazy shit that happens. Just like Civil War is a great sequel to The Winter Soldier. That's also a sequel to all these other things. Like, I think, I think this is absolutely a Tom Holland Spider-Man movie, even though there's a hundred other characters from past Spider-Man movies in it. Like it, he never gets lost in the shuffle, I don't think, which is very important because this could be very, this this could have been very poorly handled. Like this is a very dangerous movie to make because you're throwing in lots of stuff that a lot of people want to see more and you have to make sure that that doesn't overshadow what the movie is actually about. Yeah, this movie could have very easily turned into just a big like nostalgia dump of just you recognize that character and that character and hey they said the funny thing and sometimes it it does but very it does get to that point rarely does it feel like lazy yeah it's never well i don't want to say never but it's usually not that bad there's some times where it's a little what are some exceptions uh huh what are some do you have any exceptions in mind I definitely I mean, do. Um, I'm a bit of a scientist myself. Yes, is incredibly that's the, forced. That's the worst one. That's so cringy. 
that's that's just the one that comes immediately to mind. I've been thinking about that it so sucks. much. And it's so awful. Because it's but... a meme. Like that's a meme. That's way too memey of a line to put in this movie. Like Toby McGuire says my back, which I was shocked by, but it didn't feel too bad. I thought that was really funny. I, I thought that was that yeah, that was crazy to me because I didn't think he would <laughs> that's that's such a weird one to pick too. <laughs> I love that so much. Um but there aren't too many, like, you know, I'm pretty sure Doc Ock says power of the sun to fall in my hand twice, which is like, okay, calm down. He says it of I think he says it a little I think he says it like three times. Like he yeah, says it a too lot, many times. But I I do like that he talks about it uh in the context of like the arc reactor that's awesome because that's literally like what he was going for yeah right exactly but yeah not a giant magnet sun machine that's going to destroy the entire world (laughs) he's not a good scientist i guess it's not um, really in the palm of your hand is it <laughs> no no it's in the palm of four robot hands kind of i guess but he's kind of a fucking idiot actually it turns out i hope that he i hope he dies in a river somewhere but no it's like it's totally most most of it's really great but i'm something of a scientist myself is the one that made me want to execute myself but most of the other ones were, were totally fine because i don't think there were that many callback quotes there were lots of references to stuff that's happened but whenever there was a quote that's when it was kind of cringe. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, okay, look. Matt Murdock, Franny. I think that that was shot last week. <laughs> yeah, you, you mentioned that when we were, when the movie was over. Uh, and I, I was thinking about it, and I... I feel like you're you're probably right. It feels so like disconnected from the rest of the movie and they kind of just like completely gloss over the whole like legal trouble side of what happened. They're just like, yeah, Matt Murdock dealt with it and then it, they kind of just move on. Yeah, and that's not they just go to Happy's apartment, I guess. I I'm happy he's in it, but that was clearly that was what i was worried about this movie being like i was worried this movie it would be like oh this movie was meant to be something else but all the fans wanted to see these things so we just put them in there because i didn't feel that way about toby and andrew to me it's like oh no this this feels like the intention like as soon as that felt deliberate as soon as that idea floated that turned into the movie and i'm very happy about that that doesn't feel like oh fans wanted it so we just did it but matt murdoch being in it was very much like it doesn't serve any purpose to the plot he's just in it tommy and i were having lots of debates about would he just be matt murdoch or would they make some sort of dumb oh he's actually he's daredevil reference they did i thought it was very funny at the time it's still funny i don't know if that's in his power set to do that (laughs) to catch a brick that's being hurled at like 80 miles per hour through a window i don't know if he can do that yeah, I I feel like it was just an excuse to to show that he has superpowers, I guess. And it was funny, and I liked him being like, "I'm a I'm a very good lawyer." Like that's good, and I love Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock. That's a fantastic show. But I don't know, and it also leads to questions. Spoilers for Hawkeye. Also, it also leads to questions about how are this this Wilson Fisk thing, this Matt Murdock thing 
when some when people said oh put matt murdoch in spider-man were they like oh well if we do that we'll also put wilson like is that where the idea came from to put fisk in this show was from putting matt murdoch in the movie like neither of these feel like ideas that were come up with internally these both feel like internet ideas that have now been folded in i feel like it it might have it might have been a little bit of both like they might have had the idea but they just weren't sure where to put it and then people started pushing like putting a bunch of pressure on them to do it so now they're just like okay throw it in here i guess the thing i i do love about that matt murdoch scene is that he's talking to john favreau who of course played foggy nelson in daredevil 2003 it's a reunion baby he's talking to matt <laughs> once again about people paying him in fish it's a dream come true that that that's I assume intentional. There's no way it's not, right? Yeah, it, that that that's so weird that it has to be intentional. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I will say, just for context, the first time I saw this, I saw it with with Franny and a bunch of friends opening Thursday night uh, back in California, and then I just saw it yesterday, Saturday in Colorado, and it was still a super packed theater, but I will say that there was a big difference in experiences in terms of crowd reactions. <laughs> I don't yeah, think- was there, no, was there not a whole lot of energy in-, in Not as much. I, people still laughed at all the jokes and like the only times they clapped was when the Spider-Man showed up and then the, the scene where like they're all working together, like, you know, the scene where they're all in the air and they land on the statue. Mm-hmm. Those were the only times they clapped, but the, the big thing for me was like, the Matt Murdock scene, I don't think anybody knew what that even was. Like, nobody reacted. There's like, okay, it's happening now. And I don't think that scene is anything if you don't know who that is. Yeah, that's kind of the flaw with some of the the MCU stuff, is like, if you're not caught up with absolutely everything, even if it's like vaguely connected, then some stuff is just going to mean absolutely nothing to you. And this could very easily just go right over most people's heads because I doubt most people that are going to see this movie have actually watched Daredevil. (laughs) Yeah, probably. In California, everybody freaked out, but I feel like they're a lot more savvy about this kind of thing. Uh, And and then you get a a tame Colorado audience in in Broomfield, Colorado. Uh, Even opening Saturday, everybody's just like, yeah, this is happening, I guess. But... (laughs) Well, that's the thing too, is I saw this with, with my my stepdad. He was there and he really enjoyed the film. But when Andrew Garfield showed up, he was like, like he was talking to us after the movie and he's like, I didn't know who that was. I thought it was just like a random Spider-Man. They got off the street or something. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? Like, I guess if you didn't know who that was, that scene is incredibly confusing. And he's like, and then Tobey Maguire showed up and I recognized him. And it's like, okay, well, there you go, I guess. I think more yeah, people recognize I, Toby than Andrew. I feel like that's what makes this movie kind of weird is that I feel like even without all of the like fan servicey stuff I feel like it's still a good movie mm-hmm. but you kind of lose like most of the excitement out of it by just not being caught up with like every single piece of Spider-Man <laughs> like media up to this point <laughs> because it has something from every single spider-man movie that's come before there are five villains because there were five spider-man movies like every single spider-man movie has a villain that's in this movie that's fucking insane <laughs> so you know I, I mean i'm very appreciative that this exists this is, this is my wildest dreams come true but 
holy shit yeah if you don't know what's going on you will hang yourself probably when you're watching this which is okay i think it still works as a great superhero movie and you know whatever but you are losing a lot of the emotional investment because this is a sequel to a movie from 20 years ago also <laughs> so i don't it has the same villain as a spider-man movie did 20 years ago that's pretty fucking crazy uh and i understand if that's intimidating to some people but to me that's all that that's just what makes this work so much uh but anyway that's just a long roundabout way of saying that the matt murdoch scene i have very mixed feelings on i enjoy it as a fan of that character but i also feel like it was very tacked on to the movie i feel like with how short it is it doesn't really take away from the movie it's kind of just something that happens and then we just move on <laughs> yeah and it's you know it, it's it's good to see him and it's good that it's like finally these fucking netflix characters are being folded into these movies like after yeah, all this time it's nice to have some confirmation at the very least yeah um what else what else i'm trying to think about stuff before multiverse stuff happens he goes to talk to dr strange because he sees a halloween decoration that kind of looks like Doctor Strange. Yeah, I feel like they could have... They <laughs> Pretty flimsy. I feel like he could have just naturally thought about that. Not so much saw a Halloween decoration and it reminded him of it. Especially oh. with this movie very clearly taking place in December. <laughs> okay, that's something I was going to complain about, actually. Everyone said this was a Christmas movie. It's It's only a christmas movie at the very end yeah calling this a christmas movie is a stretch it's in december but no there's no snow there's no snow the only time you hear christmas music is is in the doctor strange spider-man fight for like a second in the mall like there's like at the end it's all snowy and and that's where all those original pictures came from but Aside from that, like, this is not a fun... Like, Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie. This is not. Yeah, no. Like, not at all. I don't think they address Christmas, like, directly, like, once in this. It's just, like, decorations. Yeah, well, the closest that it gets is MJ's boss is like, oh, I told you to take down these Halloween decorations. That's the only time it's, like, ever even close which is is wasted because I love Christmas. I love Spidey at Christmas. That's 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 always so fun. Um, but nitpicky, whatever. I think the fact that Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme is amazing. Because <laughs> good. Yeah, I, I really love that. And Wong has been there for way longer than Doctor Strange has anyway. Yeah, honestly, like, he deserves it. <laughs> he deserves it, yeah. So I like that. I like Doctor Strange in this movie. He's not in it as much as I thought he would be. <laughs> kind of disappears for an hour yeah he kind of just gets shoved into that weird grand canyon pocket dimension and then just gets left there (laughs) yeah which is funny and i I enjoy that fight but it's just you know he's on all the posters and everything and he is in it and he is a big part of the movie but ultimately not in it quite as as much as i thought which is okay there's bigger fish to fry in this but i like that dr strange he's good in these movies i feel like Doctor Strange is in this about as much as I thought the other Spider-Men would be. Like, they would yeah. just kind of show up and then be gone. But they're actually in this for longer than he is, I think. They are main characters. They are in it for at least 45 minutes to an hour of this movie, which is amazing. 
Like that is I'm the glad greatest. They got their proper screen time. The greatest Christmas present of all, but we'll we'll talk about that very very soon and for a very long time. But right now, <laughs> Doctor Strange. I like that Peter Parker does fuck up that spell because in the trailer you see that that's what happens but it's like oh i guess peter park is just a fucking idiot but it's a lot more reasonable in the actual movie i think because it goes on a lot longer yeah, uh, i feel like the condensed version of that scene makes it look really really bad uh it makes a lot more sense with the context of the movie it does and you really feel like the when he like fucks up ned and mj's chances to get into mit and in the way that everybody in his life is getting taken and questioned about him and like everybody who knows him is being attacked just for knowing him and i think all that stuff is really effective like that's that's the resolution we wanted to far from home i think yeah i mean that's the entire reason why he hides his identity in the first place so it's literally like the exact thing that he didn't want to happen is currently happening yeah do you like the scene where like the teachers are like it's the comedy relief teachers from far from home do you like that i feel like those teachers get worse and worse every movie uh i do like hannibal burris in that scene though well i just love him in anything yeah he's the the greatest (laughs) um i keep watching the other two they get worse every movie i do not like them anymore no they yeah they're 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 quite bad uh but at least they're only in one scene this this feels like to me this feels like the jar jar binks effect because (laughs) in the phantom menace jar jar is like he's in like every other scene and he's talking all the fucking time and then by the by the time revenge of the sith happens he does not have a line in the movie he like <laughs> sometimes like sits in the background and looks sad and that's kind of how like because everybody hated him so much that george lucas was eventually just like oh fuck it i guess i'll just get rid of him and that's kind of how it feels to me with these teachers where it's like oh everybody fucking hated that so i'll put them in one scene of the movie that lasts probably a minute and 30 seconds and then we'll not deal with them ever again probably no definitely i he's mean out of they high school. already confirmed that yeah he's out of high school now and so nobody knows who he is anyway. that's over <laughs> Yeah, good. Fuck those guys. Uh, Betty Brant also just got shafted in this. Yeah, for how for how big of a role she had in the last one, it's very weird for her to be in like one scene for a couple seconds and then just disappear for the rest of the movie. Her, she has really good hair in it, though. I will say she has big '80s hair, which I appreciate. And at least she's doing actual Betty Brant stuff. Like she's doing reporting by this point. Finally. Um, yeah, not super impressed with the way some of those characters were just sidelined, but there's a lot to deal with, so Franny's dog is freaking out. Yeah, hold on. It's not mine. My neighbors just got home, so. Sorry, everybody, for the dog interruption. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> That's okay. That's what happens when you record in a garage. Well... This is what I'm recording in in a spare bedroom for any. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, the worst thing about recording in this garage is, well, for one, it's very cold in here. Um, But two, I can't close the door all the way because I did that one time and it only opens from the outside, not from the inside. So if I close it all the way, I need somebody to open it for me or I'm trapped in here. <laughs> Franny, I really, I hope that you don't take this the wrong way when I say that. I really hope that door accidentally gets closed by the wind and you stay in there and you turn to a skeleton. 
Honestly, me too. I wish somebody turned into a skeleton in this movie. I, okay, well, that's what I said, is that I wanted them to use the pumpkin bomb that turns you into a skeleton, but it didn't happen. <laughs> it was right there. It was right in front of you. Brandy and I have talked on this podcast many times about how the greatest thing that can happen in a movie is somebody turns into a skeleton. But somebody turns into a skeleton in this, so it's a bad movie. That's true. In, in a Homecoming, the vulture vaporizes that guy, and he basically turns into a skeleton. Yeah, it's like as close as we get. That's probably as close as, as we get. Uh, I think in WandaVision, Agatha turns those people in the past into skeletons. Pretty sure that that happens. But we don't get that much people turning into skeletons in the MCU, really. Yeah, we're not that lucky. No, Apocalypse turned into a skeleton that one time. He sure did. That's one of the best ones somehow. It's one of the best turning into a skeleton scenes in a movie. Ego was a skeleton and then turned into a person. Oh, yeah, that's like the reverse. Well, he shot him into being a skeleton, I guess. Okay, so he turned into a skeleton and then turned back into a person. Yeah, what are other times people have turned into skeletons? <laughs> There's an army of skeletons in Thor Ragnarok. That's true. That's so awesome. Remember that none of this is getting cut out. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Merry yeah. Christmas. <laughs> this is all staying in. All staying, I'm not touching this fucking episode. Uh, um, okay, so this is when the multiverse stuff happens. Peter goes to that bridge, talk to that MIT lady. What do you think about Flash's various haircuts throughout this movie? They're the worst. I do not like his bleached hair look, it looks really, really bad. <laughs> well, he has a big perm also when he's on the street in that opening scene, and then he has yeah, bleached blonde hair. He looks terrible. Also, his book is called Flashpoint, and I Face palmed when they said that. That's very embarrassing. What do you think about MJ Watson, Michelle Jones Watson? She's like the same as in every other movie. No, I mean, I mean, what do you think of her name being Michelle Jones Watson now? (laughs) Didn't they? They said that in like the first movie. No, her name is Michelle. They say Michelle Jones, and then she says, "My friends call me MJ." But now they've added the extra. They've added the extra layer of her last name being Watson. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a little. It's a pretty little bad. Weird. Uh, I, I, I cringed when that happened. Can you just leave MJ's fucking name alone? Because no, every time they've done it. has to change every movie. It's got, it gets worse and worse. She's going to change it to Mary Jane in the next one. It's going to say fuck it and go all the way. No, I like her. This is, I think she's the best in this one than she is in the other two. She has a lot more humanity in this. I like that Zendaya. She's less of an edgy teenager in this. You can tell she's been in Dune. Yeah, that's what it was. That might have have been the push. No, I love Euphoria. I don't care. She's great. Um, But I think that, uh, I think she's great. I think Ned's great. They, They always have a great dynamic in these movies. It's easily better than the dynamic that peter parker has with his friends in other movies aside from oh, absolutely from gwen stacy like any like i don't know like this is a lot more human than fucking peter parker and harry osborne and either of the other franchises so mm-hmm. i'm glad that they're they're they aren't lost in this movie they're still in it i think i think that the doc ock fight is pretty amazing what do you think of well, I don't know. I don't even know. What do you think of Doc Ock in this movie? Because he's the first one. We have, we're going to have to talk about all of them. What do you think about him? Overall, I really like him in this movie. I I really thought that part of the way through they were going to make him a villain again. Yeah. Uh, 
but I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad that kind of just generally the all of the villains that get brought into the movie aren't just like outwardly evil right away. Mm-hmm. Like this is kind of jumping ahead, but Sandman isn't really actively evil. He just no. wants to leave. And he like he only really fights just so he can leave and like doesn't really care who, which side he's helping. And obviously Doc Ock kind of switches sides but then the other three are kind of just evil i guess but well (laughs) i like that they're not all just on the same page no yeah because these are all complex characters i think and i think the fact that when doc ock shows up he's not evil he's just kind of angry (laughs) and and angry and confused (laughs) i mean he definitely like killed a lot of people when he took that giant like cement i don't even know what you call Um, it Unless those cars were empty, <laughs> but sure, you're, whatever. you're probably but right. He definitely killed a couple people. Definitely killed a bunch of people. This movie fucking made amends for one of my my only big problems with Tom Holland's Spider-Man is he finally fucking saves people that he doesn't know personally. Like, it's finally happened. It's taken three goddamn movies, but he's finally saving civilians that he doesn't know the names of, which... Yeah, it's very weird that it took so long to get there, but I'm glad we, we finally got here. That is my big problem, because name a single time in any other any of these other movies where he saves somebody that he doesn't know, or that he yeah, hasn't no, put it's... in danger, like, directly. Yeah, it's always either it's his fault or he's just helping people he knows. Exactly. So so I was so happy to see him help families on that bridge and stuff, finally. I feel like this is the most, like, Spider-Man-y Tom Holland Spider-Man has felt in any of the movies so far. Yeah, well, I've seen people talk about, and this is something that, that I had said a long time ago, where it's like, this is the longest origin story to proper Spider-Man. Like, all the things you complain about in other Spider-Man movies about how he isn't Spider-Man-y, it's because we were getting to it, and you just couldn't be patient. <laughs> just wait. Like I, I, I had a lot of confidence in John Watts, because I think he absolutely I think he gets the character, and I think people who don't get the character feel insecure that they don't get the character, and have tried to like throw all the shade at him, even though I think he's had a very strong creative vision for this whole trilogy, and finally like really paid off and now everybody can stop talking to me about spider-man forever please yeah i think the the future spider-man movies are probably the ones that people were looking for and we just haven't gotten yet we're, we're setting up for it pretty much yeah and i and i've loved the spider-man movies that we've gotten already like just because he isn't poor and sad and those movies doesn't mean that they are lesser spider-man movies no it means they're bad because it's not my my spider-man that i want no well i'm sorry i'm sorry about that for any but i i have <laughs> i have really good news for you it's in movie theaters right now it's called spider-man no way home it's got exactly what you're looking for um yeah no i don't know ever since far from home came out people who used to like spider-man have decided that they hate spider-man but pretend that they like spider-man and it just makes me want to be a skeleton just like how i wish everybody in this movie was um <laughs> doc ock he's de-aged right he definitely is he, hmm, yeah a, a little bit i feel like it's not much though you don't notice at all yeah i i feel like i definitely don't notice but i guess i haven't seen what alfred molina looks like outside of the doc ock costume in a while because he pretty so much I, looks exactly like he looks in spider-man too 
Yeah, I feel like it's not very noticeable. I feel like, if anybody, Willem Dafoe looks a little older. Yeah, he definitely, especially in that scene where he's in the alley. Yeah, which is... he definitely does not look like he did 20 years ago. I'm sorry. No, no, definitely not. I think Alfred Lee is great in this. I love, like you said, his arc, that they didn't ruin his arc. He starts, he's confused, but he's not, like, super evil. And then once they fix the inhibitor chip, he's just a good guy like he's like what everybody wanted him to be after spider-man 2 he's just he's like helping people and he's like oh hello my dear boy how are you how can i help and he's helping all the spider-man stuff the tentacles still look fucking amazing like i i I know people are like well they're not practical they look great they sound amazing and he used the fucking tent the hidden blade which is all i wanted i that was a big thing i wanted i wanted to take that big knife out of that tentacle and it fucking happened i was very excited by that uh <laughs> all i wanted from the movie is the big knife tentacle i really did there was stuff like like little things where i was like oh i fucking do it um and he did and he didn't use the multi-tool to like take his sunglasses off unfortunately but he, he did uh he did other things which i appreciate i loved the iron spider legs versus the tentacles fight that was really exciting yeah, um, that was by far the best use of those arms out of any of these movies that he's ever had. And it makes... That is my favorite thing they've ever done. <laughs> oh, for sure, because I don't love that suit, but it makes sense that he would need to wear a nanotech suit because he needs to be able to change it to his, like, normal clothes instantly. So, makes sense. Uh, and I... Do you like the inside-out suit? No, I'm glad it's only in like one scene. I don't. Okay. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of it. I don't mind that. I I think that's kind of a cool idea. I think it looks kind of rad. But yeah, I I feel fun. like it's probably out of all the suits he wears in this movie, it's probably the weakest one. Even with the Iron Spider, I feel like that one is slightly better. Okay, I would disagree, but that's I like a black Spider-Man suit. But that's that's fair. And I love the red and black one. That's still my fave. The integrated suit's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to haters. It's great. I like that he gets to wear it for so much of this movie. Um, and I like the the one that has the gold plating on it. I guess that's that's a fine look. Not the best look, but a fine look. What do you think? I I actually really like the gold plating. Mm-hmm. I think it looks really good. Yeah, and it makes sense in context. I like that he can use the nanotech to control the tentacles. I thought that was a fun way to stop him. Uh, it is very exciting when the Green Goblin shows up, but I really wish that he didn't break his fucking helmet open because I love that suit so much. Yeah, it, it, I was really sad when he just fucking shatters the helmet. I mean, I feel like it it, it made sense in the scene, but I just feel like they didn't need to do that (laughs) he broke it with a rock too that's not very yeah it was weird that it like shattered like glass yeah like like, made out of i've seen that helmet go through a lot of trauma and i I don't think that would have destroyed it but whatever i guess he's very strong he is very strong he does have like weird superhuman goblin strength so sure whatever um i enjoy that they've just caught the lizard because they're like we're not gonna do people don't care enough about this to do a full scene about it we'll just put yeah, the lizard in a cage Strange already has it it's just sitting in a corner <laughs> you told me that you do not like that redesign i 
No, I think the redesign is it's definitely better than the original one. I <laughs> like specifically when he talks, I feel like the mouth movement just looks really, really weird. Everything else about it is fine, just the mouth looks off to me. I thought he sounded like Winnie the Pooh, and I thought that he kind of looked like Abomination and Shang-Chi. It's the same thing where you take an older design that's kind of slimy, and then you just make it like you're trying to over-texture it, so you're putting tons of scales and extra details on it that just make it look a lot more complicated and worse. Uh, but it's fine. It's not like that original design is good. They kept the original one? <laughs> kind of. I don't know. It's kind of more fun if it's the original one. That's more fun to me. Sure. <laughs> you don't think so? I I just don't like that design. <laughs> no, it's bad, but I think it would have been more fun. And I get that you have to redesign it because people would would laugh in the theater um but mm. <laughs> i mean they 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 make fun of the andrew garfield villains infinitely more than they make fun of anyone they're way more precious about everybody else than they are about those like they're the comic relief ones where it's like you fell in a tank of electric eels it's <laughs> it's probably just because they know that people, people hate those movies care about those ones as much so like, yeah but also, the electric eels thing is fucking ridiculous. So oh, I laughed it makes every sense time. That they make fun of it like three or four times. It's so funny. I think that maybe the funniest moment in the entire movie, or one of them, because it is a very funny movie, because these movies are comedies also. But I think the part where Sandman and the Lizard are talking about, hey, you have to be careful where you fall, or, or uh, Sandman and Electro are talking oh. about, hey, you have to be careful where you fall. That is so good. Like, that is the kind yeah. of like. <laughs> meta comedy that i i live for that's so fucking funny <laughs> damn you gotta be careful you fall i guess like they just come, they're not precious about that they just know it, i fell yeah, in the particle a lot somewhere. of the the origins for these characters are just absolutely ridiculous so <laughs> yeah i'm glad they make fun of it no, and I love, but they make fun of the lizard because he's like i want to turn every he wanted to turn everybody into lizards it was crazy and, and Jamie Foxx is talking about how he got a makeover, and he's like, I could give you the ultimate makeover into a lizard. Yes. <laughs> so great. Yeah, that all so all funny. of the interactions between all the villains are some of my favorite stuff in the movie. I just love seeing them interact with each other. Especially because none of them are in the same movies. So, like, we never got to see Norman Osborn talk to Otto Octavius, but they knew each other in that universe because they're both scientists at the same time. And now we get yeah. to see those two iconic characters talk and it's great. And like, depending on when those characters were alive, they know stuff about the other ones. Like, you know, Electro yeah, knows knowing, what happened to the lizard. Yeah, knowing that other characters like died because they lived longer is very cool, but also makes the timeline of like when they all got taken very weird because it, when they're talking about when they got pulled like pulled into the mcu universe all of them it sounds like they were in the middle of fighting spider-man all at the same time yeah so are they all from different universes are they from the same ones but just different points in time i like, think no i think it's that i think they're from the three Raimi villains are from the Raimi universe, but they're from right before they die. Because Doc Ock's talking about how he's like, oh, I had him by the throat, which happens at the end of Spider-Man 2. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's got to be in that moment, like in that fight. And then, 
Electro is talking about how he's like, oh, I was just, I was, I was in the Oscorp power grid or whatever. And that's the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2. So I think they're taking it right before their deaths. But where it gets confusing is two of those villains have not died on screen. So they must have gone on to die later. Like in those timelines yeah, past cause... when the movies end. Yeah, because they mentioned that all of them die fighting Spider-Man, but two of them don't. So I think they must go on. Happen? They must go on to die fighting Spider-Man, I guess. But they had reformed. Yeah, like literally, the lizard wasn't the lizard anymore. Yeah. So how did he die? And fighting San- Spider-Man specifically. And we learned that Sandman only killed Uncle Ben because they were both the best person ever. They were both just the nicest, best people. Uncle Ben was gonna get shot and he was like, Sandman, you just stop killing people. And Sandman was like, I'm so I'm so awesome and nice that I didn't mean to shoot this young man or whatever. Because the end of Spider-Man 3 is very bad and embarrassing. Because people are like, oh, it's so good when when Marco shows up and Peter Parker forgives him. I watched all of these again, some of them multiple times in the past month. It is not good <laughs> because <laughs> I'm completely turned because it's it's a good idea. But the fact that Uncle Ben is about to get shot and he's just so nice because he's this perfect angelic man. And Flint Marco is also this perfect angelic man who would never hurt anybody is so bad and so embarrassing. The fact that he killed Uncle Ben because he got spooked when his partner ran up to him it is not good. I If I ever said that was good, I turn on it. It sucks. Anyway, <laughs> sorry about all that. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I guess they must have gone to that. Because Lizard even asks. He's like, what happens to me? And then and they, then they never talk to him. They just got away. So they know like that that's a question, but no answer, I guess. Fuck it. Yeah, I guess it's not that important, but it is a very weird like plot hole that they kind of just glaze over. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was a big thing I wanted to know going into this, is when do these films get taken out? And for most of them, it makes sense, but for some of them, it does not. Uh, Who else? Oh, okay, then we get the scene where he goes to fight Electro and Sandman. I cannot believe that we got to see Blue Blue. Electro. That, I was so fucking excited. That was so good. Like, I knew he wouldn't stay Blue, obviously, but that was so awesome. Yeah, um, I I thought it was really really funny because it's not like he first appeared and he was blue he stayed blue for a while at least until his body actually formed because he was a weird like blue skeleton thing first yeah and you never get a like a good close-up on him looking the way he looks in in that movie but it was still very exciting that he started blue and then he's like oh the energy in this universe is different i'm okay with that as an explanation for why he looks different that's fine yeah like that's at least they gave a reason instead of just having him look different despite being the same character. Like, it's whatever. They tried. (laughs) And the lizard's like, last time I saw you had bad teeth and a comb over or whatever. Uh, But he fell into a pit of electric eels that fixed this problem, so. Yeah, it fixed the gap in his teeth. Those magical Uh, electric eels. (laughs) I made my little brother watch that yesterday before we went to the movie because he hadn't seen it. And I was like, he needs this frame of reference. So literally yeah, all I did yesterday was watch Amazing Spider-Man 2 and then go watch No Way Home again. So It's a very good thing to know. <laughs> you need to know. And for the Gwen Stacy thing, I was like, he should at least just see the second one, probably. Yeah, I feel like that's a very big, important thing to like actually know before going into the movie. 
Yeah. Oh God, I'm getting so excited just thinking about that. But we're not there yet. Uh, Electro is probably the funniest character in the movie, and maybe my favorite villain in the movie. Jamie Foxx is so good in this. He's so funny. Yeah, I feel like Jamie Foxx is just a very funny person, in my opinion. So oh, I, yeah. I love him in this movie. He was great. Yeah, and they just let him run wild. He's he's not acting like Max Dillon at all. I don't give a shit. It's fine. Fuck it. Yeah. Who cares? I think it's funny that they didn't let Spider-Man say fuck at the beginning. Yeah, Max right. Say shit as many times as he wants. <laughs> well, Spider-Man says shit sometimes. Everybody said everybody says shit, but nobody says fuck. And I really thought that they would just do it. Cause just do it. Who cares? What are you I was fucking hiding they from? Would, but I kind of knew they wouldn't. Cause that's I like really it's like it. a running joke with all these movies. So might as well keep it going, I guess. This does something that the first Spider-Man trilogy does, which annoys me, is the first two Spider-Man movies, the first two Raimi ones, they end with like him swinging around the city, and then the third one doesn't. And this trilogy, the first two end with somebody going, what the fuck? And this one doesn't. <laughs> this one ends with him swinging around the city. It's very strange. <laughs> so uh, I, don't, I don't know what that's about, but just something I thought I'd bring up. I love when Sandman first shows up and he's just like, hello, Peter, how can I help? <laughs> okay. Like, he's just helping. It's, it's yeah, so just great. Right away. And then realizes, oh, this is the wrong Peter. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's like, I'm Peter, but I'm not your Peter. Different Peter, weird. <laughs> like, but he doesn't like, he doesn't care that much. He's just there to help, which I like. And I like Sandman fighting Electro because it makes sense. Uh, I don't I, like that he's just a weird actual Sandman. For the I was gonna say movie. that I don't like. I that don't at all. like that at all. I feel like it doesn't look that good for them to be focused on it so much. <laughs> no, just just put Thomas Hayden Church there. It would have been way more exciting if he was actually there. I feel like his voice acting is also a little hit or miss. That might just be me, though. I liked his voice, but I, I couldn't say that you're wrong. I I thought I was happy they picked him because you can't use a new goblin and you're not going to use fucking Venom. So Sandman's yeah, no, what you I'm, do. I'm really glad that they actually used him. I wouldn't I wouldn't want him like replaced or anything. <laughs> yeah. And then we get to we get to Norman Osborn. This is when I. The first time I saw this movie, I kind of feel like I phased out a little bit during this scene where Norman Osborn is like at feast talking to Aunt May. That was the one time, the first time I saw it where I was like, I don't, I don't know. But the second time yeah, I was I like, I understand you, this. I remember you when we were first watching it, like that scene started and you were just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. And I kind of like it made sense to me. I don't know why you were so confused. <laughs> I, I was I don't know. I just didn't like I understood what was going on from a plot perspective. But I was just like, this is not a scene that I expected to be in this movie, a scene where Aunt May is talking to Willem Dafoe's Norman Oz. Like I didn't. Yeah, at, weird at the hobo time, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> yeah, at the time I was like, I don't. This is not it. Like I, I did, that was the one scene the first time I saw it where I was like, I don't like this at all. I don't think the second time it makes a lot more sense. But, but yeah, no, that that first viewing, that was the moment where I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm starting to get a little worried about this. Um, but it, it makes sense. He's he's lost, I guess. He's lost in his mind and he's he's lost in the cosmos or whatever. Um, it also confirms that Norman Osborn doesn't exist in this universe. Yeah, that's true. Which, which is fine, I guess. There's enough shit going on. Who cares? Yeah. 
fine. This is very. It's just very interesting that, like, yeah, Oscorp doesn't exist. There is no Norman Osborn in this universe, which means there's no Harry. It, it, I don't know. I just think it's weird. <laughs> it is weird. Do you like that his goblin outfit is, like, a purple hoodie over, over the green? Because I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> over the actual costume. That's a pretty good way to work in the purple. Yeah, I think it's a very cool kind of interesting costume. It's not what I would have thought they would go for, but I think for this like version of of like Norman and Green Goblin, I think it works. Cuz Norman is kind of just a a weird old homeless man like when he's not Green Goblin. So and he is definitely more than anybody acting like he's in a Sam Raimi movie. <laughs> Where he's yeah. just like, I don't know where I am. I, 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 I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like that's how he talks. It's so strange. He acts very different than anybody else. I think. I mean, there's moments where Alfred Molina will be like, "We tire of your questions, boy." But mostly, mostly, I think it's it's Norman, and I think he's really good. And even though you know he's going to betray everybody, you do feel sympathetic towards him. Um, but I guess. Because to me, I kind of felt like he, even when he was Norman Osborn, he fully knew what he was doing. But this kind of confirms that there are two complete separate personalities. Yeah, it seem, it definitely seems like in this, Norman is like completely disconnected from like the actual like Green Goblin personality, I guess. Yeah, how do you feel about that? I think it's fine. I mean... I don't know how much of a difference it makes, in my opinion, whether he's conscious of it or not. That's true. I think you might lose a little bit of the, the emotional complexity. Because I, I always thought that scene at the end of Spider-Man where he's like, oh, Peter, you've, I've been like a father to you or whatever. I always, and then he just turns on him. I was like, oh, because it's just Norman Osborn. He's just an asshole. But in this, I guess it's literally a goblin man who lives inside of his brain. Um, but that's okay. I mean. I, with how much he, like, talks to himself as, like, Norman and, like, the Goblin in, like, the original movie, I feel like it it makes sense. Yeah, I guess you're probably right. Then he leads them all into... Oh, well, he fights Doc. This is the Doctor Strange Spider-Man fight that happens. It's a good fight. Uh, it would be better if we hadn't seen Doctor Strange do this stuff a hundred times. Yeah, it kind of just feels like the usual Doctor Strange stuff that he does, like bending buildings into itself and duplicating stuff. It's kind of just like, yeah, it's still very impressive to look at. But... Oh, it's it's exciting, but it's not like it's not even as big as the stuff he did in like Infinity War. You can't really go backwards. Yeah, like but I also feel like, what is he gonna do to? Spider Man, like he's not trying to actively kill him or something, it's just like that's trying true. to stop him. So it's not like he's gonna do anything big that's gonna actually hurt him. <laughs> you like when Spider Man uses Max to defeat him? Sure, <laughs> great, yeah, I, I think that's probably the appropriate reaction. Um, and then this is when he's like kind of coming up with the idea to, to try and cure everybody because Doctor Strange is like, yeah, they're all going to go on to die or at least most of them are. 
Uh, but that's what's supposed to happen. So it's gonna, it's what's gonna happen. And Spider-Man's like, well, what if I can fix these terrible murderers? Also, I didn't feel like anyone ever addressed that all of these people are terrible murderers. Like they're, they're not. Like these are bad people, even if they aren't bad people on purpose. Sometimes, I've watched all of these people kill a ton of people. Norman Osborn like dangled a fucking cable car of kids. To him, that would have been like an hour ago. <laughs> like I, I don't know why. I don't like that the, all of the supervillains are treated as just completely morally like perfect people when they are not. Yeah, I I feel like the closest we even get to that, and it's still very far removed, is like Peter doesn't even want to deal with it at first. He's like, "This is this is their universe's problem. It's not mine. We'll just send them back. It's fine." And then I think May changes his mind, and then he wants to fix everybody. And also yeah. hearing gonna die it makes him want to help them but you're right they don't really mention that these are all like terrible monsters exactly that's that's strange like the idea that peter would want to save them is fine i just wish that the movie addressed that these are not perfect people uh but i i enjoy peter getting to like it's fun to see tom holland on screen with like willem dafoe and alfred molina like that that's crazy mm-hmm. he's it's, building yeah, it's a, a very real thing to look at this whole movie this whole movie fucking is yeah and it's he's using the start this is the only time he ever does anything tony stark related is he builds a reverse inhibitor chip basically or a new one yeah Um, using that big machine that made his suit or whatever he creates like an energy dispersal device for electro I love the idea of Electro with an arc reactor. I think that's so cool. Electro having like an infinite source of energy is a very good idea. Yeah, I feel like I saw... Like, I I don't remember where I saw it, but I did see that he had one, and I was really confused as to how he would get one. Wow. Uh, But I think the way they did it in this is good. That's fine. All the stuff in Happy's apartment's fine. There are some weird... Uh, camera-based decisions in this. I hate the FaceTime scene more than I've ever hated a FaceTime scene. <laughs> Why? Do you remember when Zendaya, or sorry, when MJ and Peter are talking on FaceTime, and you have both of their phones, like, side by side? Oh, yeah. That, that looked weird. That wasn't great, but I do appreciate the the v- relatively small detail of it not, not looking like an HD camera. Like, yeah, that's true. Their, their faces were very low quality in those, uh, which I do appreciate. Yeah, one of my least favorite things is when someone will have a Skype call and you're only seeing the other person's face on the computer. Like, there's no camera of the person who's talking. It's very strange. No, okay, this is kind of unrelated. Something I'm coming to, like, hate and I'm starting to notice a lot, especially in Hawkeye, is... I can't wait. ...text messages that very clearly aren't being typed. Oh, really? They just For show some up? Reason, in Hawkeye, they keep showing it, and it is very clear that they're just pressing, like, three keys, and they're somehow typing out an entire message, and it bothers <laughs> me so much for some reason. That is amazing. I'm gonna have to look for that. I hate whenever somebody will text, and it's like, like, these people have history, but this is the first time they've ever sent a message. Like, there's no previous messages, no yeah. previous <laughs> conversation. This like, is the easiest shit in the world to do. Messages. 
Yeah, I don't know why movie texts and phone calls are so difficult. Yeah, I they don't feel like they should be that hard of things to like fake, but for some reason most movies and shows just don't do them correctly. Like these people have never used a phone before. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. And that is what that scene felt like to me. It was very like I'm glad you brought up that detail cuz that is good, but I still thought both phones being side by side was very off-putting. There's also a part later on towards the end when Peter's heading to the Statue of Liberty and it's like an Instagram vertical video <laughs> that he's sending out to the Daily Bugle or whatever. Oh, yeah. I didn't understand exactly how he was doing that. Is, <laughs> is it just, did he send <laughs> fucking J. Jonah Jameson the link to an Instagram live? You're right, because just... he, he's talking to him in real time. Also, because, like, Peter Parker says, like, he's like, I'm going to tell you the, the complete truth or whatever. And Jay Jones like, we'll see about that. So he knows, like, they're ta- he can talk to him. Yeah, I don't, I don't entirely know how that is working, but eh, eh, it doesn't matter. Whatever. But it's very, <laughs> it is strange. Uh, I love that it's a very tense scene where like you have the electro device like it's just it's slowly setting itself up as Norman Osborn is like trying to convince everybody to turn on Spider-Man yeah it adds a lot of tension to the scene but also it it's funny because you know how long how like how much longer the scene is gonna go for because you know it's not he's gonna rip it off like right before it's gonna act yeah that's true you can see that like all right scene's about to end and then it fills in it's like all right it's over <laughs> and it is a crazy scene though because it leads to to just crazy shit happening like electro throws doc Ock off of the building like he electrocutes him off the building and everybody just starts starts fighting each other and man just leaves <laughs> yeah he leaves and the lizard's like in a truck outside uh, oh yeah, the big evil plan of sitting in the back of a truck until they no all turn reason. on leaving. <laughs> Did you like? Do you like Happy Hogan in this movie? I I feel like there was something off about him in this movie, but I think he was fine. I think I didn't like him as much as I usually do. That's probably but true. I, I don't know. I think it might just be because he didn't get a lot of screen time in this. He was in like two or three scenes and that was it. Yeah, no, I mean, I thought he was good, but he doesn't stand out. I love that scene Far From Home where he's talking to Peter and he's like, you're not Tony Stark, but that's that's probably good. Like, I, not a lot of that I stuff. I like the scene at the very end with him, though. I that's, think that's great. Really- yeah, that's really great. Um, but that fight between Tom Holland and, and, and Norman Osborn is so good because they are just beating the shit out of each other. They don't care at all. It's the most violent Tom's ever been. Yeah, there... I think in this movie, there are a lot of moments where Tom Holland, Spider-Man, is not holding back whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, which I love to see. I love to see an angry Spider-Man sometimes. It's one very of my... scary to see uh, an angry Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite examples of a time a Spider-Man got angry is when he went, Shocker! <laughs> I'll chase you to the ends of the earth. That's one of my I, favorite I examples. Love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, show rules. Yeah, so 
that that fight's really great. It's got the great moment where Peter Parker just keeps punching him in the face, and he's he's Norman Osborn's getting happier every single time he gets punched. He just keeps he's smiling more and more as he's getting punched yeah. in the head. I that love was, when Norman Osborn fight. turns evil. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just like Norman's on sabbatical. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. It's it's really dumb, but it. It does give me like the the Raimi trilogy vibes, which oh yeah, that kind of energy with those characters specifically. There was a lot more of that than I thought there would be. Like it, it didn't feel like they were MCU characters. Like it felt like they were from other universes, which was really exciting. Yeah, it it definitely made them feel like they were from a different universe because they didn't just act like everybody else in the MCU does. They had they definitely had their own kind of energy to them. And I don't know what I expected, but I did not expect Norman Osborn to be the main villain of this movie. And I, I was delighted when that it turned out to be what happened. I was not expecting that. that. I don't know who else would have taken the lead, honestly. Like maybe I just never thought maybe about it. But that was like a maybe. Well, I think it's also because Doc Ock was the one that we saw the most in the trailers. That's true. So I was like, yeah, well, I definitely wasn't thinking. Because we saw Norman for like a... a for like two frames in that in those trailers so i was not expecting it but it was very it was very good to see him again and he's very good in it and uh what do you think about this the aunt may death scene that was tough to watch (laughs) it's very good and very effective i think um but i don't really like i don't think i like that she gets like hit by that glider and then she can like walk around for a little while i kind of wish that that I wish she didn't like get up and stuff. Yeah, I I feel like it took a little too long to actually get to it. Like in the moment, it hits hard, but like w- when you think about it, like that kind of goes on for a while. It she really gets, does. Gets up and is talking fine, and then falls, and then the death scene happens. So it's it's really weird. But, but also, I I think the place where she was bleeding from isn't even where she got hit probably not it, yeah it was it was really weird <laughs> and t- tom is really great in that scene which makes me happy because now we don't have to talk about the fucking scene where the building falls on him anymore yeah now talk we about have a different, a scene. different traumatic spider-man scene to <laughs> talk about exactly talk about this instead forever uh and do you like that she said it um I I'm like mixed on it. I feel like they they could have gone without saying it, but at the same time I think w- with what happens after with like the other Spider-Man and stuff, I feel like it works. Yeah, I think it does, but in the moment I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was uh... kind of like, well, you already didn't go with uncle ben so i feel like you could have gone without this too does he but... really have an uncle ben because <laughs> it doesn't like when, even when they say it later he like doesn't even register who that is i mean he really has it. one though i mean for for all we know the the uncle ben that tom holland spider-man had was gone before he even lived with may sure yeah i mean whatever he and clearly I mean, doesn't I mean, need him. Like, we were talking about earlier how these three movies are kind of just the setup for MCU Spider-Man. 
I feel like May is just taking the place of Ben in this universe. Like May just is his Uncle Ben. Well, and Tony Stark also kind of did. Yeah. He has enough mentors, I think, that that he doesn't need an Uncle Ben. Dead mentors, you have to add. A bunch of dead mentors that have died in front of him, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. That were killed by people uh, via time travel. <laughs> yeah that's true (laughs) so fuck it i guess uh yeah so yeah right (laughs) i didn't even think about that i was thinking that as i was saying uh but yeah no it's a really great scene marissa tomei is good in that scene and i haven't loved her aunt may you know she's fine but i think she was a lot better in this one Mm -hmm. especially in that final i think she was really strong in this movie which makes sense considering it's her last one but still yeah uh, and then this leads to, a, it's a good scene, but I'm also, it looks like a computer where Peter's standing out in the rain and J. Joe Jameson's like, fuck Spider-Man, even though it's like the last thing that Spider-Man needs to hear right now is fuck Spider-Man after the worst thing happened to him, um, which is effective. But whenever it cuts away from Tom Holland's face, it, it looks like a James Bond opening. Like it does not look real. Yeah, I I feel like they were trying to do like some kind of stylistic thing with that, but it just didn't really work. Like they were using like weird slow mo and stuff with it. And I feel yeah, like it, was, it was okay, but I feel like it could have been done a little better. Not also, where, yeah, just on a rooftop with a giant TV. <laughs> like where is this taking place? <laughs> no idea where the fuck that's supposed to be. It's like Blade Runner. Like I don't know what the hell was happening there at all. Yeah. Um, and I'll, you know, I, I just want to mention this little thing, but like at the start of the movie, when him and MJ are escaping, I do love, you see all the billboards with stuff on it, with like his face on it. And then there's like Rogers, the musical stuff, which makes me think, when does this take place in like relation to Hawkeye? I think we, or, well, this is immediately after, uh, Far From Home and, uh, Hawkeye is, I think, two years after Endgame or something. Oh so I think my god! This it was supposedly like this is like really far away from Hawkeye even happening. Well, I guess Rogers the Musical has played through at least two Christmases then. I I mean, clearly. <laughs> Wait, but he was on summer vacation in Far From Home. I mean, they did gloss <laughs> over all the the legal stuff, so I think. Okay, that's pretty generous. It's a little, it, it's definitely a little like you gotta fill in the blanks yourself, which is a little bad, but... Because he says to MJ, the only week of my life that felt normal was when you found out. Yeah, which would have been in Far From Home. In like August, at, at the latest. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's a little weird. I didn't think about that. So are we saying these legal proceedings went on for four months? I mean, I'd be willing to believe it. Okay. I, if it's it's a superhero in legal trouble, I feel like it's gonna it's gonna be a little weird. <laughs> well, at the end of the movie, there's like a newscaster who says like, because that's when it's really Christmassy, and the newscaster's like, it's been a few weeks since the Statue of Liberty. So even if this takes place in, like, early December, I don't know. I, I okay. have not considered this. I, okay, I just, I just found it. 
So this movie takes place in November 2024. Oh my god. Um so Endgame is in summer of 2024. So I f- I think that isn't it 2023? Yeah, it's... okay, so Far From Home uh... sometime in, like, June to August, somewhere in that range, and then this is in, like, November. But Endgame is in 2023. Oh, yeah, you're right, never mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. What is going on? <laughs> This is scary. These timelines are so confusing. Yeah, okay. So Endgame is 2023. Far From Home is the summer of 2024. And then this is November of 2024. Okay. And then Hawkeye is December of 2025, I'm pretty sure. Jesus Christ. Okay, great. I'm very happy. These movies like barely matters anymore. It's just what order did they happen in, not what year they take place. In. I've been trying to figure out how long Rogers the Musical is on Broadway for. It's about like two years. Okay. If and it wasn't. If we're assuming that 2024 was the first year it was on Broadway, then yes. <laughs> This is a stupid conversation. The I love dumbest, it. Dumbest like sidetrack conversation to have, but it's important. It wasn't very good. I don't know how it was on Broadway for so long. All right. I'm I'm looking up the, the oh no MCU wiki article for Rogers the musical. Okay. Sorry, everybody. This is important stuff. Oh, wait, what? Okay, I was wrong. Okay, Hawkeye does actually take place in 2024. So these two movies, or this movie and Hawkeye are happening at the same time. Okay, so Rogers the Musical was only on Broadway for one year. It, yeah. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad we sorted that out. Good thing to think about then. That Hawkeye does not care while this is happening. Yeah, or, well... They are in the same city. Yeah, okay. The thing that I was looking at said that Far From Home, or not, that No Way Home is in November and Hawkeye is December. So technically everything would have happened and everybody would have forgotten about Peter Parker. So it wouldn't have mattered. Okay, well, spoiler alert for Hawkeye. This is a very, very, very minor spoiler, but Florence Pugh in the last episode of Hawkeye says that she wants to visit the new and improved Statue of Liberty. It is no longer new and improved because it got destroyed. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, trying here. I'm trying to stump you, Franny. My only stump- guess is that the, the, the creative team that's making all these projects is not talking. Uh, do not talk to each other well enough. Because the same thing happened between Loki and What If. Like, they were talking about in, like, the Doctor Strange episode 
there was like the point in time that can't change or whatever but i think they also talk about the same thing in loki and it's called something else so am i gonna have to watch what if now i i'm very unsure <laughs> maybe it's my worst nightmare is having to watch what if it's it's a multiverse thing so maybe okay whatever um to watch it'll take like an hour i know i know i just don't like it very well, much the last two episodes aren't terrible like, i thought the watcher punches people it's it, it's a little <laughs> stupid but it's not bad it's entertaining at the very least okay. but yeah the watcher does put on gold armor and punches uh, <laughs> infinity gauntlet ultron uh, do, that gamora thing that doesn't happen right where she gets the infinity gauntlet um, it was a cut episode, but she is in the last one. And anyway. she doesn't have the gauntlet. She essentially just, I think she just killed Thanos or something. I think it's just an alternate universe where she killed Thanos. Okay. Well, sorry for that sidetrack, everybody. Now we have to talk about literally the most important location in the entire film, Ned's mom's house. Yeah. <laughs> um... Okay, I'm I'm actually really curious before we get to to this. Uh, have your feelings changed about Ned and the portal thing? Because I know you had an opinion when we first saw the movie. I don't. I mean, it doesn't ultimately matter. I think it's it's kind of funny, but the fact that there was a full scene in the in Doctor Strange where if you couldn't do it, you literally were cast to Mount Everest until you figured it out. And Ned can just figure it out immediately is pretty, people are going to be upset about that. I'm not that upset about it, but people are going to be very upset about that. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's a little ridiculous, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter that much. And Doctor Strange acknowledges it, so I don't I don't know if they're doing something with this in the future. I kind of hope so. I would watch that. Very interesting for Ned to become like an actual like wizard or whatever, a sorcerer. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's a weird plot point, but I, I think it's fine. And the Cloak of Levitation does help him out later in the film. Yeah, so. he does wear the cape. <laughs> yeah, which is, is a fun. No, I like Ned. I like magic whatever put them together I don't care but I can just I think when I said that to you at the time that was more uh I just want to put put it out there that people will be upset about this more than I'm upset about this yeah I think people will definitely be mad about it and I think I can understand where they're coming from because it is very convenient yeah and it's also a very big plot point in the original Doctor Strange so it's very weird to just like completely throw away the entire like first act of Doctor Strange yeah I know it, it really does um but fuck it whatever it, it's funny so I'm fine with it and it leads to one of the most probably the most surprising scene I've ever seen in the movie theater we all suspected it would happen we all hoped and prayed that it would happen but I did not think it would happen this much or this w effectively. I did not think that they could pull it off so flawlessly or like 
the fact that everybody expected it. I didn't think it could be as surprising as it was, but this is one of the greatest movie theater moments I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I cannot fucking believe the scene <laughs> where, where, where every everybody, it happened, Franny. It fucking happened. It it sure happened. I I won't lie. Um, I there was a small part of me that was hoping it wouldn't happen. <laughs> it's funny for people to be like super disappointed because it didn't happen. But that was an incredible moment when it did finally happen. Um, it was hard to even hear what was happening. I know, I know, because of everybody's reaction. But I think that I think that's pretty good. <laughs> oh, it was so worth. But I will say, the second time I saw this movie, I picked up on way more stuff because I was like, you know, especially in the third act, because the third act is just constant cheering and excitement. Yeah, being able uh, to actually hear the movie. <laughs> yeah, and and I, you know, I'll definitely see this at least one more time in the theater, and I'm sure by that point, everybody who is in there has already seen it, so it won't be as crazy. And then I'll fully get to hear everything that's going on, which is the dream ultimately. Um, but Ned, open, he, he uses his magic power. He opens a portal because he's looking for Peter Parker. He's trying to find Spider-Man, but he's not specific enough. So he opens it and way off in the distance, you see a silhouette and you see, it's just a Spider-Man silhouette. You can see like the eyes. So it's like, okay, there's Spider-Man. And I think the real excitement is that every single second that it gets closer, you it starts to click in your head. You see those eyes that are as big as fucking car windows. And he jumps through the fucking portal. And it's Andrew Garfield Spider-Man in the Amazing Spider-Man 2 outfit. And everybody went crazy. I'm waiting for your reaction, Brandy. Yeah, I, I know. I'm thinking about it because it it was it was a lot in the moment um like you said on the day it is very funny uh the people were so excited about andrew garfield spider-man when most people just shit all over andrew garfield's <laughs> Spider Man. uh but uh that was a a really really crazy moment when it happened i think people i think people in the theater were guessing that it was toby mcguire first yeah and then as it got closer uh, like you said the enormous eyes kind of gave it away um that the entire scene of just him interacting with mj and ned was so funny to me oh yeah because he is so funny and he's he's so perfect yeah i i i like Andrew Garfield in this so much more than I did in his <laughs> movies. I That's think. so sad to me. I, I love I him. I, I love him as Spider-Man, not so much as Peter Parker, but I think even as just kind of normal Peter Parker, I like him a lot in this. And that's the thing too, is is like this is such a calculated reveal. To like I you can just tell like when people are gonna cheer when the scene's going on. Because it's like he jumps out, everybody freaks out, then he takes the mask off, and then everybody really freaks out. And I, I loved that he showed up in, in the suit initially. I think I think that's perfect. Uh and the whole thing where he's crawling around on the ceiling <laughs> is very funny. Yeah, uh, get the cobweb. 
yeah and I'm just throwing bread at him it's just it's perfect and it gives you like enough time to like start like I mean I smile every single time he comes on screen no matter how late in the movie it is but by that point it's just like okay I can process what's happening Andrew's here it's happened he's here and that gives you just enough time for Ned to open another fucking portal and who should show up but Toby McGuire himself uh and he's just in his normal clothes and he just comes through yeah exactly as Andrew Garfield says later and he's just he's the kindest sweetest man in the world he's just like I hope it's okay that I came through here oh clothes (laughs) like he's just the softest voiced nicest man and it is I'm so glad they didn't make I'm glad they didn't give him a beard I'm glad they didn't make him grizzled or old he's just Peter Parker yeah, it's it's very interesting to me how they handled uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire because when people were guessing that they would be in the movie, everybody was assuming that Tobey Maguire would be like a dark, edgy, old man Spider-Man. Um, but they actually kind of gave that to Andrew Garfield. They flipped it from what I thought it would be definitely the kind of darker edgier spider-man like he definitely committed murder he yes that uh but i do like that time has like progressed for them like even though they kind of ripped the villains from out of time before they died the spider-men have kind of just like continued on for a couple years yeah Uh, yeah it's very interesting where they they took both of them yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I just want to say, I will never forget. Thank you so much for letting Andrew come in first. Thank you for giving him that moment to be, to be the big reveal first. I, I appreciate that so much. Like, that was so great. Because, you know, I think people went crazier for Toby because Toby is what people wanted to see. But I was so happy that Andrew is the first one who gets to make the reveal that the other Spider-Men are in the as soon as you see Andrew you know that you know that it's all coming yeah I feel like the moment would have been actually weaker if Tobey Maguire came through first oh yeah Uh, I think the absolute best way for them to have done it is the way they did it I don't think there is a single thing that I would have changed about anything in that sequence that would have made it better I think it was perfect it's a perfect scene and it's it's like the most like if, if it was more exciting than even like the fucking Captain America with Thor's hammer scene or like anything in like Force Awakens or like any of like what I would previously call the greatest movie theater moments this was easily the great and seeing it the second time with my family and they had no idea what was going to happen the second it got to that scene my heart was just like racing because I was like oh my god <laughs> it is about to happen i want to keep seeing this movie with people who don't know that that way i can experience that every time yeah i feel like despite how like fan servicey this movie is i i think that that scene is like probably one of the peaks i don't want to say the highest because it's probably just anything involving all three of the spider-men at the same time yeah i think that's probably like a close second place aside from maybe one other thing that happens later in the movie i would say that is like the most exciting scene in the whole thing is when they show up mm-hmm. and like 
they show up and you know that there's so much movie left because my fear was that they'd be in it for 10 minutes. They're probably in it for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, I totally thought that they were going to be in like 20 minutes of it. Like they were just going to show up like for the, the last fight and then just be like, okay, bye. Um, but no, they are in like 45 minutes to an hour of this movie like they're in it for so long which is so good because not only is it great to see these two spider-men back but the three of them together any way you cut it the dynamic is so good like they all have perfect chemistry together which is like just makes so much sense because they're all the best yeah it's any of their interactions with each other especially when it's like all three of them in a scene are just my favorite it's some of the best content i've gotten in a long time <laughs> yeah yeah and and like you can say oh the mcu's done after endgame but like it's worth it for shit like this i'll put up with what if in eternals if it means sometimes we get shit like this yeah <laughs> it's just as exciting as it always was it's i don't know how they could top this i don't think you can i think this is the peak but i've said that before <laughs> i say that a lot and no, sometimes it's all they'll do this. Don't worry. Oh man. Wow. That's <laughs> too bad. It really does feel like it though, because you can't do this again. Like this is as, as big as it gets. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not another character that they could even do this with. Like, there's not any characters that really have a history like Spider-Man to really do something like this with. So this is definitely like a a once in a lifetime kind of thing and it's like you can bring back like hugh jackman or whatever but I, that's not i don't want that like that's not yeah that's not the, the same, same. As having every like live action spider-man actor in the same movie <laughs> yeah fighting all of their villains yeah i don't know what you even could do after that because that is pretty much the peak but we get the scene that i think we all wanted where the three spider-men have a conversation about Uncle Ben and Gwen Stacy and responsibility and all that stuff. And it's perfect. And then the second that they cut, because even in the moment, I was like, that could be it. Like that could be the last scene with them. It obviously wouldn't be. But the second that it got, they got to the lab, I was like, oh, they're just in the movie now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that was the scene where it's like, oh, this is happening. And it's like, oh, I guess they're just in the movie now. And yeah. Yeah. They're, they're up to like maybe the last five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, and Andrew gets his, when Andrew puts his lab coat on, it's like, oh, they're in the film, and they're all working together, and it's the only time you ever get to see Tobey Maguire do science, which I appreciate. Yeah. Because he never does before. I do really like them making fun of Tobey Maguire's gross web shooters. Yeah, because I knew they would, but they get it so right. Yeah. Like, how does, how do you produce that? Does it come out of other parts of your body? (laughs) Yeah, have, do you ever have a web block? <laughs> Existential crisis stuff. <laughs> yeah, I love that Spider-Man 2 reference. It's so good. Uh, yeah, because I love, you know, anytime they're talking to each other, anytime they're talking about the differences between the three of them, it's great. And when Ned's like, do you have a best friend? And he's like, yes, he died in my arms. <laughs> After you turned into a villain and tried to kill me. Which... I love that they can't say Harry Osborne because of James Franco. Like, they weren't going to say it because they didn't want to ruin the mood, I assume. <laughs> he but, turned into New Goblin and I had to kill him. Obviously, <laughs> he said New Goblin. Willem <laughs> Dafoe basically looks like a New Goblin when he comes with the goggles on. I mean, a little bit. 
<laughs> like that's closer to New Goblin than it is to any any of his looks. So I'll take that, I guess. But but yeah, no, the three of them together is just the greatest. All the stuff in the lab's so good. Uh, and of course, Spider-Man talking about Gwen. And then Toby talks about like how things worked out with him and MJ. And I was so convinced that we would see her. Like the fact that he said her her name, I was like, oh, we'll probably see her then, right? I guess not. No, I, I felt like they they probably wouldn't. I don't know how they would have fit her in. I thought post-credits. I thought we would go into the Raimi universe at some point, but we did not. Yeah, you were under the impression that they would go to other universes, but I I kind of assumed that it would all take place in like the MCU universe. Well, I thought that because in the trailer, you see the part with Doctor Strange, he has all the trains around him, and it's the exact train from Spider-Man 2. And like Tom Holland's wearing the same suit as it, as Spider-Man 3. And I was like, oh, well, are we maybe we'll go into that even though that turned out not to be true, which I'm glad it wasn't true, but I was Yeah, curious. I feel like it would have been really weird if if that's how the movie went. Uh, I, I like that it it's all kind of just takes place in the MCU. Yeah, no, it's it's perfect the way it is. Uh, and then they all go to, like, they make cures for everybody, and they go to the Statue of Liberty. I love that they're fitting the Statue of Liberty with a big Captain America shield. That's great. I don't give a shit. That's awesome. That, it's so ridiculous and weird, but I, I do love that they're just doing that, <laughs> like, just for no reason. Yeah. I mean... Captain America reasons. John Walker. I wonder if that was started when John Walker was around. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> oh, be... fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sam Wilson really swooped in, pun intended, and saved and saved them. So it's like, oh, we can't do this after all, never mind. Uh, oh, but okay. going back to the cures thing for a second. Do you I've heard some people complain about that? that it's like very convenient but i feel like it makes sense it makes sense i like when spider-man use science to solve a problem yeah like for one uh andrew garfield spider-man already found the cure for lizard so it's kind of just remaking that yeah and he even says that yeah but also like making a cure for like uh for like green goblin for example that makes sense because Tobey Maguire Spider-Man has just had a lot of time to think about that and figure it out. Which he also says, yeah. So I don't know why people are complaining that it's too convenient. A lot of time has passed for them. They've kind of figured this stuff out by now. The only one that I will I will say might be a little convenient is Sandman. Because I don't really know how... I don't really understand how they even stopped him. They had like a big light. I don't even know where that came from. It was a weird big light that just kind of flashed and turned him back into a normal person. I don't know how that one really worked. That's the uh, only one where, where I think it's a little convenient, maybe. Yeah, but again, I feel like they've had the time. He could figure it out somehow. They're smart. <laughs> to believe that they could figure out some cures for all of them. And then they go to the Statue of Liberty and they start having all of the conversations we've all fantasized about our entire lives. <laughs> they say every single thing we could ever want to hear the three of them talk about. Including Andrew Garfield having an existential crisis. 
Yeah, about being the the lamest Spider-Man. <laughs> but he's amazing. You're amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. He's well. Oh, thank so... you. I, I I appreciate that. Uh, I don't really mean I'm lame. I just it's so fucking great. And about aliens. I yeah. fought an alien made out of black goo once. I fought an alien in space. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I still like I, I'm thinking about how you said you fought an alien in space. <laughs> yeah, Toby giving... is so kind. Like he's just the. Whenever you look at him, he's just, like, the nicest, kindest Spider-Man possible. It's so wonderful. I I think the the best detail out of, like, all of those interactions they have is that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man both have the same back problem. Yeah, that's great, too. They have the weird, like, mid-back thing and then, like, helping Toby crack his That's back. the greatest scene ever. That, because, because it's, My like... Favorite. It's weirdly homoerotic and it's amazing because it's like, why did you put this in the fucking movie? But it's, it's so good because it's just two Spider-Man going to town on each other. <laughs> and I love that because I love it because I love that it's not just scenes of of the two of them with Tom. Like they have tons of scenes together also, just the two of them. Mm-hmm. You know, even that first scene where they like web each other and do the backflip and whatever. Like it's so, it's so great because it's, it's all of the Spider-Man. They're all like equally as important, and it, it's it's wonderful together. And I, one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is when Andrew Garfield's like, "I fought like a Russian guy in a rhinoceros machine," because <laughs> describing that as a rhinoceros machine is is the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. I mean, that's what it is. Rhino as a villain, just as a concept, is just like the dumbest shit. I know. I just love just hearing him say that. Rhino costume. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. It's it's fantastic. They're all great together. And I love when he's telling them about the Avengers, and they're like, "That's great. What is that?" <laughs> and that's yeah. Is that band? Are you, are you in a band? Um, yeah. I I love that none of them, well, other than Tom, they just don't know how to work with other people. Because they've been Spider-Man for so long and just doing shit themselves. They've been like, the only like superhero in the universe. Webs and fucking yeah. like running each other. Yeah, that's great. They're all like, yeah, crashing into each other and stuff. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's uh, pun intended, but I just I I love Andrew in this so much. I think he's so funny. Um, I, I think all of them do such a great job just playing off of each other. Yeah, and oh god, I don't even know what I want to say, but so the thing is that they all go into action and it's like, oh, is this the final battle? Like, the villains are here and the heroes are here and they're just fighting, but then they have to, like, regroup and they're like, we need to come up with a plan and so they plan to cure them all like, one at a time so they can all work together and then the greatest thing ever happens. <laughs> the greatest fucking superhero movie moment maybe ever happens where anything, anytime that I think anyone's ever dreamed about seeing the three of these Spider-Men together, this exact scene is the kind of thing that we've all imagined. And where they just, they run off the Statue of Liberty, they all put their masks on and they jump into battle and they're all like screaming and they're using each other's webs to propel each other and they all land on the Statue of Liberty in the greatest hero shot of all time, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that that was probably 
that would probably be the number one yeah like, fan moment in the whole movie and like it's that, perfect yeah they they hold on that for a while and yeah they they know what they did <laughs> and i think they even land toby andrew tom which is perfect um yeah i, I think you're right one of my only complaints, and this isn't even a complaint, it's more of an observation, Toby doesn't really get, like, a a big first suit-up moment. Like, it feels like they're saving that. They don't really. Like, he just kind of, like, yeah. put has the mask on, and then he's just there. Yeah, because he has the suit on under his clothes, and then in the next scene, he's just wearing the suit already. Yeah, I thought that they would maybe save that for something a little bigger. I think it's... It's kind I of think it's fine too. We've seen a lot of that suit already. We don't need a big suit up moment. <laughs> I guess not, but I still would have liked something a little, a little crazier. But yeah, anyway, it's 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 the greatest. Uh, that scene is the fucking probably the greatest part of the whole movie. Uh, like as good as the the scene where they first show up is. There's something about seeing all three of them in their iconic costumes together. That's just so perfect. Uh, yeah, that is by far the best scene of the movie. Like that, the whole section of them getting to like the Statue of Liberty to them landing. Perfect. I love yeah. it. It's, it's, it's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, and it's probably not even that long, but it's just, it's just the greatest chunk of movie. <laughs> uh that you could possibly imagine like um could you fucking imagine if they put that shot in a trailer i am so glad that they made us wait that would have just like completely shattered the internet i think yeah but also shattered my enjoyment of that in the theater (laughs) yeah it would it definitely wouldn't have had the same impact if they had like showed that in a trailer or something yeah i know it's it's honestly amazing restraint that they that they didn't put that out there beforehand yeah, with how much they like to spoil in like all of the modern like MCU trailers, uh, I I have to applaud them on just like not revealing anything about that, even in like the TV spots that seem to like show way too much. They didn't show any of that. <laughs> yeah, people say I I haven't seen any of the TV spots. What's in them? It's just a lot of the stuff with, like, the villains. Like, a lot of the villain moments of them, like, talking to each other, they put a lot of those in the TV spots. Mm. So it's just not as, like... Seeing them interact just doesn't feel as special because you could have just found them on YouTube already because they were all just random commercials. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't see that. Big spoilers. It's kind of just, like, small moments. The only thing I saw that I wish I hadn't seen is just the part where... I think it is in one of the TV shows where Doc Ock's like, what have you done with my machine? Which kind of like confirmed where he had come from for me. And I kind of wish I didn't know that, but yeah, other than that, yeah, I think that was the only one I saw, but I'm I'm very glad I was able to dodge everything about Toby and Andrew. It was was so great to see in the theater. Uh, So they start fighting the villains. They, they fight Sandman and the lizard first, because they're kind of the ones in the movie with the least amount to do probably. By the third act, at least. Yeah, it's just like they're they're the ones that you can kind of just deal with, and nobody's gonna be too upset that they got dealt with first. It's just uh, like, yeah, that's true. Out of here. <laughs> well, okay. Here's the thing that Noah said to me that I did not 
realize at all. And I feel kind of dumb in hindsight for not realizing, but I did absolutely on my second watch because I thought he was crazy, but he's absolutely right. When you see the human versions of Sandman and Lizard, it is absolutely just footage from the past movies. Are you serious? Yeah, it's quite embarrassing. Like they're they're green screen to look like it's on the Statue of Liberty, but it's literally the same shots from those movies. No fucking way. Yeah, I, I did not yeah, believe that. Go back and look at that. It's. I mean, that's impressive if they were able to hide it. It is, but now that I know, it was very obvious. Yeah, it it is kind of. Knowing that, it does make sense why they didn't get, like, why Sandman is just a big sand guy for most Yeah, it's disappointing. That is disappointing, though. Movie at all. (laughs) Yep, exactly. So that's kind of a letdown. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. I know. I wish he had never said that. (laughs) They were literally, it was, like, like, in total, it was, like, maybe five shots. Like, they couldn't have just gotten them to, like, show up for a day. I mean, yeah, I know. It's like they sh- they spared no expense for the rest of the movie. I don't know why they were precious about that, but maybe maybe that's where all of the expenses went. <laughs> they couldn't afford it. Jesus Christ! Well, they got them in to do the voice lines. Is it really that difficult to get them to be on a green screen for for a day? I mean, it is probably a lot cheaper to just hire them as voice actors and not as actual yeah. actors. Voice actors don't get paid very much. <laughs> I guess. It's just a shame. Uh, but, but yeah, so anyway, keep a look out. Keep, keep a, an eye out for that the next time you see the movie, I guess. Then he takes out... There's a fight with Electro, and I'm so glad that they just let Andrew fight Electro, pretty much. Nobody else gets that caught up in it. I mean, yeah, other than... Uh... Doc Ock shows up and kind of takes care of it, but I love that too because it looks like Doc Ock's evil, but then he's helping them. That was really good. Yeah, I I do like that kind of quick twist. But you are right, Andrew is kind of like the main one that takes on Electro, or at least he lasts the longest. The other two yeah. kind of just get like swatted away pretty quick because his web shooters are magnetized because of Gwen Stacy. <laughs> I assume he kept the magnetized ones, so. And he's dealt with her before. I mean, with him before. So, but it's, it's really great. And it's especially great at the end where Jamie Foxx is like, well, you save a lot of poor people and you're from Queens. I thought you were black. And Andrew's just like, I am so sorry. <laughs> like ruining this for you. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a nice moment. You get the little yeah, Miles. Nice yeah, that's, that's how you do a Miles reference. Okay, Donald Glover, that's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go. Oh, I have a nephew that lives around here. This is much better for me. Uh, but but yeah. So so that's Electro taken care of, and then who's left? Doc Ock. What does he even do? Doc Ock gets his fucking tentacle cut off by the Green Goblin. That's true. Uh, he also talks to to Toby again. That's so great. That's such a good moment where he's like, "How are you, my boy? It's great to see you again. Try to do better." So good. That yeah, that's great. Uh, but yeah, that really only leaves uh, Green Goblin, who comes in last. Yeah. Well, before that, well, actually, no, I guess not before that is part of that. But he comes in. He's got his goggles. Do you like that look? 
Um, I feel like the goggles, uh, I could take or leave, but I think everything else we kind of went over. I, I like it. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. I'm glad he didn't keep those on for very long. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that they're kind of just gone, like, right away. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but, you know, it's it's good to see that glider again. He has, like, the, they're not the exact, those pumpkin bombs that turn to, like, the, the blades or whatever. They're not the exact kind. They're, like, they have, like, a circle in the middle of them or whatever, but it's still cool to see that design again. And in one of the best, another one of the best moments of the movie, uh, MJ falls off of the Statue of Liberty. And Tom goes to catch her and gets knocked out of the way by the Green Goblin. And then Andrew, he jumps in to get her and he fucking saves her. And she's like, are you, he's like, are you okay? And she's like, are you okay? And he's crying. Yeah, he just like starts crying. That was so sad and so out of nowhere. And so good. Yeah, it was, it was so good. Like, say what you will about Andrew. That's the fucking redemption that we want to see in this kind of movie. Yeah, that's the redemption we need to see. Also, I I know I said this to you, and I hate to be so cynical about Spider-Man, but they really, like, accounted for everyone hating Andrew Garfield in this movie, not realizing that everybody would pretend that they love Andrew Garfield right before this movie came out. So just putting that out there, that there's lots of stuff about him saying he's lame, and whatever, uh, I assume to like be like, oh, this is Andrew Garfield, how how he should be. Now he's good because you hated him in those movies. Uh, but everybody decided a month before this movie came out that they always loved Andrew Garfield. So yeah, there's there's definitely a lot more jokes made at the expense of Andrew Garfield Spider Man. <laughs> but I mean, it's not like it's like mean spirited or anything. No, uh, it's all in, in good and good fun. I mean, they 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 make sure that he knows that they don't actually hate him. Of course, yeah. And I think uh, my new favorite thing to do is going to be to watch Andrew Garfield videos where he says he's not in this movie. Oh my god, there are so many. I think I saw, uh, like, in my recommended uh, earlier today that there was like there was a video and it was just Andrew Garfield being a dirty liar for 10 minutes and it was just every single clip of him saying he wasn't in the movie <laughs> it is honestly amazing restraint that he never broke for anything yeah I'm I'm impressed especially with how many people were asking him like all the time and I I think it's really funny that uh Tobey Maguire didn't even try to hide it and just nobody questioned it yeah, well, because like he, he's been retired for five years, so it's it's a lot harder to find him on red carpets and stuff. Yeah, it's like, oh, he just so happens to be in the places where they're filming. That's weird. Oh, he's at parties with Tom Holland. That's a weird coincidence. Like, eh. <laughs> yeah, he did. He definitely didn't care as much. Uh, but I also but, loved that. Yeah, I love that nobody really questioned it. It was a lot more. The focus was on. Andrew Garfield anyway so Toby didn't have to try very hard to hide it they also didn't like they did not half-ass this at all like they seemed like they really wanted to be there which is shocking like they aren't just there I think the best part of all of the returning characters in this movie 
is that it does seem like all of them really did want to come back and play those characters again. It doesn't really seem like anybody is like there for the money. Yeah, it definitely seems like they're all like passionate about their characters and they wanted to be those characters again. Yeah, and I don't think they would have brought it as hard as they did, especially Toby because he has not been in anything in a long time and he's still fucking got it. He's he's more charming yeah. than ever. He so. gives such a good performance than this and it, it was really surprising considering yeah he hasn't been in anything in a really long time i think all three of their performances i think that's the best any of them have been yeah so which I is think they, great they all definitely gave their their all to, to this movie yeah which is, is so wonderful and i'm glad that that it, you know even though we all kind of suspected they were in the movie it was never like it was never confirmed until we were in there which is so exciting to see them. Um, and then we get to our final confrontation with Green Goblin, where once again, Peter Parker beats the shit out of him. That fight is so fucking brutal. Yeah, it really is. He uh, has that big punch that dents the shield. Yeah, I that... Tom Holland beating up Willem Dafoe is probably more brutal than the other way around like earlier in the movie yeah just because this teenage boy is just beating the absolute shit out of this old man yeah that's very true like no restraint at all it, it's very scary he fucking picks up the glider and tries to stab him with it yeah he's gonna fucking kill him and then toby comes in to get stabbed himself yeah i did you think that they were actually gonna gonna kill him? For a split second, I was like, maybe he doesn't want to be in these movies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, but really, for for a moment, I was like, maybe this is this is like because I didn't see that coming. That would have been a big emotional thing if they killed everybody's childhood right in front of us. Uh, so yeah, I did. It, it got me for a second. Yeah, I I was. I like in my head I was going back and forth a lot until he was like yeah I've been stabbed a lot I was like okay yeah he's fine yeah that's that, yeah at that point I was like okay good he's fine uh I'm glad they didn't kill him we don't need that yeah I feel like it would have been a, a little cheap to just kill him right there especially with the movie almost being over yeah like, we didn't we didn't really need that no, and I feel like he didn't really have that much of a confrontation with Norman Osborn. He did with his other villains, but not really with him as much. Yeah, that that's true. Except for when he got stabbed. Yeah, not until after he got stabbed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then Andrew throws him the, the cure, and so he cures him instead, he does the right thing. And then he does even more of the right thing when he tells Doctor Strange to make everybody forget who he is which is pretty fucking ballsy way to end a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, that is a very interesting choice. Um, it does kind of defeat the whole purpose of the movie, but uh, I do like that it's how they ended them, how they ended it. Um, I think it is probably in part because of the the new set of spider-man movies that they're supposedly making mm -hmm. uh it kind of just gives them a fresh start to do whatever they want with all the characters which is like that's fine to me um but it it does make for a very interesting kind of 
climax to the movie, kind of having Peter say goodbye to everybody he knows before they completely forget that he ever existed. I think it's amazing. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic way to end this movie because it's it's just like the time in the comics that Spider-Man sold his marriage to the devil to save Aunt May. But like a million times better. But much better. But I love that that's like one of the most famously hated comic book stories ever. And that's basically how this movie ends. Uh, But in a much better way. Yeah. Completely neglecting the fact that this movie almost ended with every single living being that knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man in any universe almost entered the MCU. And then they closed that. That was interesting <laughs> that was pretty intimidating like that was a big threat that would have been very bad yeah there was like completely armored like it looked like fucking like roman gods and shit like poking through like there was some very interesting yeah and, and rhino and and craven and scorpion pretty rad uh it was nice to just see them just for like a split second too uh but yeah, no, I thought that was the best way to end this movie. He gets to say goodbye to to Toby and Andrew, and that's a very sweet scene. Then to Ned and MJ, and it, it's all just it's amazing stuff. And he makes that ultimate superhero sacrifice that I always love to see Spider Man make. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a really great great way to end this. Very surprising. Did not anticipate that at all. Uh, and and then, oh. it's also a good way to give everybody exactly what they wanted, making He's- Peter Parker poor and sad and miserable (laughs) yeah i hope you're all happy because now he's sad and miserable nobody in the world knows who he is which i don't understand how that works logistically like are there no records of him or pictures or videos of him anymore i feel like some kind of records of him have to still exist considering he got an apartment so there has to be something did he rob a bank how did he get the money to buy an apartment to rent an apartment i feel like like it's that he he did still exist it's not like he wasn't born it's just that nobody actually recognizes his face as peter parker's face don't you think though when you see a picture of a man and it's half a man's face and half spider-man's face that you'd be like we should find this guy because that picture is everywhere. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Because those, if that's how it worked, then those pictures would still exist. Hmm. It's very confusing. Yeah, I'm. I'm guessing that for the sake of convenience, it's just that you know his his birth records and stuff still exist. In the eyes of the government, he still exists, but to the rest of society he does not okay i just i need i'm gonna need like very definitive answers one day yeah that's definitely something that they need to clear up because it they don't make it very clear in this but that's like my only guess it would be very weird if there was just no trace of him ever existing because then how could he do anything (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if he'll ever get to re-meet people that he's met in terms of, like, other superheroes. If he'll ever get to meet, like, like Doctor Strange again. I mean, he'll be in future MCU stuff as far as I'm aware, so probably. 
yeah it'll just be fun to see him reintegrate with people that he already knows yeah especially considering it, it's not like he forgot about them he still knows everybody it's just none of them know who he is <laughs> i'm glad they put him in a shitty apartment though i i am glad about that i mean a shitty apartment that's a pretty good new york apartment all things considered yeah that that apartment isn't bad considering some of the stuff new york has yeah but but thinking about it would he need to reintroduce himself to the superheroes because it's just that nobody knows who peter parker is they still know spider-man spider-man yeah but how many times in those movies does he have his mask off constantly i mean i guess it's not that much of a reintroduction considering again they still know spider-man so it's not i guess but yeah okay i'm gonna do that at least what also confuses me and i'm sure this has a reasonable explanation but when happy goes up to may's grave he says how would you know her and he says through spider-man yeah I and he kind of just accepts that he answer. says me too he says like same yeah I don't because they I'm did the feast the feast well they did the feast stuff with spider-man though I guess that would be the only way but that's not how he knows her really like he knows her because he knows who Peter Parker is yeah that's that's really weird yeah, there's a lot of like logistical stuff that becomes very weird by the end of this movie, but it's the end of the movie, so we don't really get an explanation. Well, and it's very emotional and, and great, but like I, we, our job here is to be an asshole yeah. about comic books, so <laughs> you don't think about it in the moment, but once you've kind of gotten over it, you start to realize that there's a lot of like very weird logic to the end of this movie <laughs> yeah i'm not completely uh i don't completely understand what's going on but that's fine because it, it is great and the scene at the end where he goes into the cafe is great uh i think i think the ned dialogue in that scene with mj like it's fine but it's weird the way he talks is very expository uh like exactly. just lots of where he's just like, oh, I forgot that that is the MIT mascot. I guess I should know that because we're going to MIT. It's like, yeah, okay. You could have done this more organically, but I don't care. Um, and it's very similar to the end of the film Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Why is that? Okay, free. I haven't seen this movie since the movie theater like five years ago, uh, over five years ago now probably. But at the end of that movie, I'm pretty sure they cast a spell that makes everybody forget because like a bunch of magic just happened in front of a bunch of normal people. And so they cast a spell with a big bird to make everybody forget what happened. And at the end of that movie, this is true. This is like that. This is kind of bad. At the end of that movie, one of the main characters walks into a bakery and like talks to one of the characters that they used to know that they, but they've forgotten them or whatever. And then there's like a moment where it's like, oh, maybe I do remember. And then it ends. That's the end of that movie for me. It's the exact same ending. That, yeah, that, is, that literally sounds exactly like how this ends. <laughs> I'm not explaining it very well because I literally have not seen that movie in over five years, but that is exactly what happens, I'm pretty sure. 
So anyway, just putting that out there. Hope, hope people figure that out pretty soon. Uh, but aside from that, great ending, great ending scene. Uh, Tom Holland is, is very good. It's going to be really unfortunate when after February 18th, he never acts in a movie again. But for right now, I'm enjoying <laughs> him being around. Uh, and he, he creates... Uh, like the comic book Spider-Man suit, which is strange because the normal suit is basically the comic book Spider-Man suit, but this is like silvery and shiny and it's it's really beautiful looking. But I also don't think there's a great shot of it. Like it's always in motion. Yeah, I I thought it was a little w- weird that he gets the idea for the comic accurate suit by meeting two other Spider-Men that don't have that suit. Uh well, I, from what we see of it, I do like it. It it kind of sticks out a lot. I feel like the colors might be a little too bright, but I I think it does look pretty good from what we see of it. There's that comic suit in the PS4 game that's like very like, like it's like a normal suit, but it's got like the comic glow around it. It's like very bright red. I like playing yeah. in that suit and that's what it reminded me of. So I'll take that. Yeah, it definitely reminds me of that. And that's that's no way home. Uh, I mean, there's post credit scenes. I didn't love the first post credit scene with Venom. It it definitely seems like a big waste of a post credit scene for Venom and this. Like yeah. they could anything else there, and I probably would have enjoyed it more. But because they put that one in Venom, they had to do something with it. Yeah, and it was exciting in Venom, but it's like he just leaves again. So what was the point? Yeah, it it definitely defeats the purpose. And like he leaves behind some of the symbiote, but it's like it's like whatever. I would be way more sorry, I hit something with a screwdriver. I would be way more excited if that happened, but Venom was like he left part of it behind, but Venom was still in the MCU. Like, he just walks off screen and he's left something. I don't want him to be gone again. Because then it's like Spider-Man finds that and what? Like he's like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> he doesn't get to find out about Venom, so what's the point? Because, I mean, I guess Venom will be in the MCU, but just not Eddie Brock. But that's like... The whole point. That's just weird. <laughs> I also thought... I thought Venom sounded weird. And I wasn't sure, but I saw it again last night and he definitely sounds wrong. <laughs> I think he sounds different, but I don't know if it's different enough for me to feel like it's actively wrong. It didn't even sound like Tom Hardy to me. It sounded completely different, but that's okay. Uh, and then the second post credit scene is a trailer for Doctor Strange, which I was moderately excited for. I don't know. I feel like I'm less excited now. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting choice for them to actually put a trailer at the end of a movie as like a post credit scene because they haven't done that in a really long time. Yeah. But that trailer I don't think was very good. Either that or the movie isn't going to be very good because I'm not excited anymore. I was like when it was first announced, but as we get closer to it, I I'm just not that excited about it anymore. <laughs> and then seeing this trailer does not make me want to see it, but we have an obligation, I guess. <laughs> we have, well, because it was like the one I was most excited for because it's Sam Raimi, it's Doctor Strange, it's Wanda, and it sounds crazy. But now That's that we've actually seen it, movie. 
Yeah, I'm not really sure now. Yeah, I I feel like I need to see another trailer for it. Probably a much better trailer, and maybe I'll be more into it. That's the thing, too, is it's like the Avengers trailer that plays after Captain America is not a very good trailer. Yeah, so I'm, I don't know. I'm thinking that it might just be that the the post credit scene trailers aren't very good, and that you need to get an actual trailer to like Maybe. actually get excited for the movie. That's what I'm hoping, at least. Yeah, I I really hope that's what we get. Um, but I really love this movie. I'm I'm very happy with it. I'll definitely see it more times. I like it more when I saw it last time. Like I I think I'm just gonna like it more every time I see it, probably, which is really. It's, it, I don't know. I'm very happy that we just have a great Spider-Man movie that I can fully get behind because uh, he's my fave and I love him and I love when he's good. Also, this is apparently the third biggest box office opening weekend of all time. So, I uh, yeah, I, I saw that. Uh, I'm I'm definitely excited to see this movie again. Maybe once I don't have to pay like ten dollars for a movie ticket, uh. Because I did, I did like it a lot, and I'm sure that you're right, and it's probably better on a second viewing. But I don't know. I just love everything about this movie, and I hope that it's not one of those things that like is going to change in like a year. It's going to be like, maybe this movie wasn't as good as I remembered. I think this movie is going to be very good for the foreseeable future. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm going to turn on this because uh, I mean. I was very nervous because it's like it's it seems too good to be true and maybe it is but they fucking nailed it so uh it's it's a perfect spider-verse movie it's a perfect spider-man movie it works as both the third installment in a trilogy and an origin story uh it balances a ton of villains mostly really well it's full of surprises even in a world where everyone tried to think of any surprise that could have happened uh everybody's amazing in it. it it ties in with the universe perfectly uh and it also features a scene in which toby mcguire gets his back cracked by andrew garfield so not a lot more i can ask for really movie good <laughs> movie good i go see it also don't fucking ruin it for people because this is like a very important movie not to spoil yeah don't 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 be an asshole and spoil this movie there's a lot of stuff to spoil so don't do it. Also, if you haven't seen the movie and you made it this far, then there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Shame on you, you asshole. I would have seen the movie with you. <laughs> I need more people with fresh eyes to go see it th- so I can see it through their eyes. <laughs> I need that. I need to know what your first reaction to Tobey Maguire showing up is. <laughs> Because mine's going to be the same every time. Fuck yeah! Because <laughs> uh, it's great. Um, okay, well, we'll be talking about Hawkeye soon and Dark Knight, and that's the only promises I make to you people. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Well, you can... This is the thing, is we're a podcast that's that we've lost more of our networking every single year, I'm pretty sure, because I just stop. Uh, like, like, by this point, there's, like, no social media links to give out. Yeah. <laughs> The ironic thing is that we've spent three years saying that Franny is not on social media for all these reasons. Now I'm not on social media for real. Yeah, now now 
Gabe, and by extension, the entire show is no longer on social media. Oh, God. <laughs> the thing is, I, I'll post about it, but I don't want to re-download the app because I know I'll get hooked. We'll see. We'll see if this is promoted. I guess it should be. The, the browser version of Instagram is the way to oh. go. <laughs> I will say, I every like couple days, I check the browser version of, of Instagram. Like Today, just to send that to you. I, I only use it to see how... Oh, how back on Instagram. <laughs> I only use it to see how my, my DMs are doing. <laughs> Just to make sure I'm not missing anything not important. <laughs> I mean, look, I, there's reasons I'm off of Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying far away. Uh, okay. Uh, also, oh, I guess this movie didn't end with a funeral. It did almost end in a graveyard, though, so we almost got back to the good old days. <laughs> yeah, the good old days of spider-man movies ending with dead people yeah because they mostly do uh okay well you can you i mean you can find us on instagram at marvel movie pod or email us at marvel movie pod you can find the baron instagram account at flipped egg uh if you want um and and that's really it thank you guys this isn't the last episode of the year but uh it's definitely going to be the biggest i think uh, it doesn't get much bigger than, than three spider-man kicking ass together so Thank you for listening, uh, and, and we'll talk to you real soon. Go see Spider-Man if you haven't, you fucking idiot. Why would you listen to this? Or go see it again. Go see it again, because a movie like a little movie like this deserves your money. A little indie gem. Yeah, yeah a little, support uh, art. A little under underappreciated film. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. I'll talk to you later, guys. Bye. Bye bye. Not die a monster.